0: Welcome to I Need Some Air. Ben Bing, A Last Airbender fan cast from someone who's seen the show before. And someone who has not. I'm Lennon Ferguson. And I'm Michael Williams. The Order
1: of the White Lotus successfully liberates Ba Sing Se. Sokka and Toph manage to disable all of the airships, and Katara defeats Azula and heals Zuko's injuries.
0: Ozai accidentally unlocks Aang's Chakra causing him to enter the Avatar state. With Aang in the Avatar state, he easily overwhelms Ozai, yet still refuses to kill him. He uses an ancient form of bending, known as energy bending, to strip Ozai of his firebending powers, keeping true to his beliefs and defeating the Phoenix King without taking his life.
1: Newly appointed Fire Lord Zuko declares the war over, and a new era of peace begins.
0: All right, Michael, you have now seen The Last Airbender before.
1: Yay, I've seen it all.
0: So what did you think, Michael? How did it all shake out for you?
1: I thought it was very good. I liked it. So I'm very satisfied. How about you, Landon? Are you
0: satisfied? I always love watching this show all the way through, and the finale is just better and better every time I see it. And that that includes all four episodes of this finale. It's just, it's, I love it. I love this show so much.
1: Having seen it all the way through, I can see why now.
0: So this episode pretty much picks up with Toph and Sokka still trying to take down the rest of the airships. So we see Toph metal bend one of the fins to spiral it out of control and crash one of the balloons into another, but. It quickly goes bad for them as they they find themselves falling off the side of an air balloon, crashing down. We see Sokka's leg is either sprained or broken or some, something.
1: Yeah, when I'm in this situation, it never goes well for me.
0: Yeah, the, every time you fall off a balloon, what is that, like a, once a month now?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, once a week. You know, my daily uh, Zeppelin battles have taken a toll.
0: Right, right. You'd think you would learn to not break your leg by this point, but it happens almost every time, right?
1: I mean, yeah. The doctors tell me to stop, but I say no. (laughs) I'll just say overall for for the whole episode, it was very gorgeous, especially during these final fight scenes. The shots of all the blimps and zeppelins crashing into each other I thought was really well done.
0: I just really enjoyed the character moments with Toph and Sokka sort of coming to terms with the fact that this might be it for them. The way they wind up cornered and you see this slow-mo fire blast coming, but Sokka gets the boomerang out just in time and then has to throw his sword at the other guy it makes him fall. And then we see, we have to say goodbye to space sword, which kills me. I'm like, why can't Sokka keep his sword? And then we see more guys come around, and they're all about to take their shots at Sokka while he's desperately holding on to Toph for dear life. And I think Sokka gets his best line of the episode where he says, I don't think Boomerang's coming back, Toph. It was just like, it, as brief a moment as it was, it kind of was really sad. Like, oh no, not our heroes. Are we going to lose somebody here? And it's just... Then luckily, Suki comes in, saves the day, crashes another blimp. And and then, like, we see Sokka drop Toph onto the other blimp, which must have been terrifying for Toph for about a second and a half.
1: Yeah, because she has no idea what's happening in the air. No. Can't really feel anything there. But, uh, it looks like she she found a safe spot.
0: How do you feel about Sokka losing his sword?
1: I kind of thought it would come back like a boomerang. And it was going to be something that like surprised him, but I don't know. I guess, it, yeah, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, you win a war, you lose a meteor sword, you know, as that happens.
0: Yeah, every other week.
1: Now the prize, the prize of doing war right there, you lose a meteor sword. Yeah. That's how I feel about it.
0: As far as I know, in any stories they've told, he never gets that thing back. But I feel like Toph could, like, earthbend real quick and be like, it's over there.
1: Yeah. I'm sure talk would be like, you know, I could just pull a meteor from space for you and make a new one.
0: <laughs> Let me just grab the comet while it flies by and pull it down.
1: Meteor swords are dumb. Don't you want a comet sword?
0: <laughs> if you bring a piece of the comet down, it becomes a meteor, which means you can never have a comet sword. Ah. Ugh.
1: Unless avatar in space.
0: So then we get back to Ozai and Aang fighting, and we see that Ozai's really got Aang cornered. He's still sealed up in that ball of rock and just keeps hammering down on him until finally, like, Aang's thrown back. And we see him hit directly on the spot where Azula shot him with lightning. And I guess hits a pressure point, or like a chi point, and unlocks his chakra that has been stuck since the end of Season 2. And he just... Flipped straight into Avatar State, what did you think about this situation and how it came to be unlocked like this?
1: I thought it was interesting. I don't know, I guess it's like his heightened emotional sense, and then on top of that, the injury somehow unpaused the chakra process I don't know it was kind of weird. I was like, okay that is that really all he needed? For the final thing, just like someone to punch him in the wound. Uh, That's the only part of it I thought was a little odd. It's like, is that really all it took this whole time? But I assume other things happening at the same time played a factor.
0: Yeah, it probably goes back to that whole life or death situation that triggers the Avatar state. And When you get hit in a vulnerable spot like that, in a situation where you are about to die, I could see, like, finally clicking that lock open and snapping him out of it, you know?
1: Yeah, maybe so. Gorgeous fight, by the way. Oh, yeah. The whole final fight scene. Gorgeous.
0: Once Aang goes into the Avatar state?
1: Uh, yeah. Pretty much the second he answers that final state, it's, it's just a gorgeous fight from then on out.
0: I really like the terrain that they chose for this final battle to be in, and all these rock spires. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that before.
1: Yeah, they made very good use of it.
0: Some of my favorite shots of this episode, too, are when Aang enters the Avatar state, and we see the terror in Ozai's face. Like, he knows he's messed up now, and he's actually afraid for his life because he's facing the full might of the Avatar, not some kid anymore. The Avatar is on him, and we see the fight shift. We're now... Ozai's on the run, and Aang is making all of the attacks.
1: Yep, good on Aang. Get him. A good bit of karma for uh, Ozai right there. So you want to pick a fight with the Avatar, that's what you get. You get the Avatar at its full might, with all the elements bending around him.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. It's He had this ego and this idea about him that he couldn't fail. He actually thought he could take on the Avatar. And, I mean, I guess I can't blame him. He's never seen what the Avatar can actually be. Because he's, what, three generations removed now from an Avatar even existing in the world? Or at least two generations? None of them ever really actually defeated an Avatar? Right. The only person who saw what that could look like was Sozin, but like I said, that was two or three generations ago, so it's only speculation and stories to Ozai. So I think more than any other villain I've seen or heard about in the Avatar universe, Ozai's idea that he could take on the Avatar is the least ridiculous, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it just means that he was in for a rude awakening, and he got that rude awakening.
0: But we cut away from that once Aang's Avatar State is unlocked, and we have to go the episode first wraps up all of the other fights. We see the White Lotus completely liberate Bossing say, I think it was the final shot was Iroh burning the Fire Nation flag hanging over the Capitol building. Then we see Katara having to face off against Azula. And it wasn't much of a fight, mostly because Azula was just firing these huge shots at Katara. All Katara could do was duck and cover for most of it. Even when Katara finally took a shot, Azula had moved already. But we see Katara outsmart Azula by tricking her into stepping over a grate with water running under it. After Katara had grabbed a chain, and once they were in position, she just froze both of them. In midair. What did you think about this takedown and do you think it was a good way to defeat Azula or earned or should it have been Zuko? Like what, what are your thoughts here?
1: I thought it was a great way to defeat Azula. I never really thought that Zuko should have been the one to defeat her. It wasn't like with Ozai and Aang where they were always destined to duke it out. Mm-hmm. I think... Azula and Zuko were always going to fight it out. I don't think... I never really thought Azula should have been like defeated or killed, so I never really thought about, like, oh, she should be put down, and it should be Zuko who does it. So I've never had those thoughts, but... I don't know. I think Katara is just as good a person as any to take her down.
0: Really, any of them. Yeah, I agree. And Azula's the type of character where it's like, if you have the opportunity to take her down, you need to take her down. It doesn't matter who it is.
1: Yeah, Appa would have been the real person I would have liked to see take her down. Like one, one swipe with the tail.
0: What do you think about the way that she did it? Freezing them both and then waterbending her way around the ice while keeping Azula frozen until she was able to tie her up with the chain and then, then let them both go. And I like how they were both right on the edge of being out of breath by the time Katara got done with it. It wasn't like Katara was immune to being underwater like this.
1: I really liked how torturous it must have been for Azula to be defeated, and then in a way where she has to watch herself be defeated.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It was kind of slow. Yeah. So I liked it. I thought it was a good method. Yeah. And then that gives us Azula at her most broken, when she literally, tied up on the floor, just starts throwing a temper tantrum like a child it was satisfying but also a little bit i don't know pathetic in a way that makes you feel for i don't know it's almost like i i want to see more of azula post-war to be like did you learn anything are you are you healing now like I, i i'm really curious about her now
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see where azula goes after this
0: I mean, I, I have to imagine she's in prison, like a few other special cases. But maybe we'll find out as we go forward from here. But with everything else, with all the other fights wrapped up now, we go back to Aang, and we see the full might of the Avatars begin to prepare to kill Ozai, it seems. Like, they pin him down. With air, water, rock, and fire just like spiraling to a needle point, coming down towards Ozai for the kill shot. And we see Aang dissipate the avatar state and still decide not to kill him. And my question for this scene is do you think it was Aang about to kill him and changed his mind, or do you think it was the avatars trying to kill him and Aang was able to stop that?
1: I think it was a mix of both. Okay. But I think it was Aang probably about to kill him and then changing his mind at this last minute. I don't I don't think the avatars were in control of Aang making him do stuff he didn't want to do. I think Aang was doing what he thought was right at the moment and then changed his mind. That's what I think happened.
0: Okay, I can get behind that. I really wasn't sure myself just because of the way that we heard so many of the avatars speaking and sort of what they said about Ozai, you know, meeting his fate and stuff like the way they were just all talking together, it left me wondering, like, was that Aang or was that just the Avatars using Aang, as we've seen them do in the past. We've seen I mean, we've seen it kind of both ways. But I think you're right. I don't think they were making Aang do something he didn't want to do. So then we get the big resolution for the entire series and the dilemma of these last four episodes. The Lion Turtle had said more to Aang, and the secret that he gave him was energy bending, and gave Aang the ability to take Ozai's bending away. And one of the things the Lion Turtle said to Aang was, In order to bend energy, your spirit must be unbendable, or you will be corrupted as well. So, give me your thoughts on how they solved this problem that they posed, the discovery of energy bending, the the words of the Lion Turtle, how did this all work out for you?
1: I thought it worked out rather nicely. I kind of liked how it, it wrapped everything up. I thought energy bending was a good way of resolving the conflict in a, in a way that was unforeseen to the audience beforehand, but still made sense in the world of the show. Those are my thoughts. I thought it was a good resolution.
0: What do you think about Aang having this kind of power now? Just going by what the show has done, it seems like Aang is the first Avatar ever to have this ability.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. Because they do mention it being like a lost art, right?
0: Mm-hmm. He said something about it being what they would do before they bent the elements.
1: Okay. But yeah, I liked it. I, I think it makes sense in the realm of the show. It, it's not completely out of left field, to me at least.
0: And then we have Team Avatar reunite together on the battlefield. And we see Suki looking at Ozai and kind of has to ask Aang the question, like, did you did you finish him off? And Aang reveals to them that he learned the power to take his bending away. And we just get a nice, like, I don't know, 60 second to two minute scene of them mocking the fire lord which i thought was i don't know weird it's funny at the same time like now that they know he couldn't hurt them they were just standing there mocking this guy who used to be the phoenix king 30 seconds ago it was funny
1: yeah mocking him just like you thought you were all that well you're not
0: yeah that's about as good as the ones that they could come up with
1: yeah that's it i mean it's all i got it's really all they got Understandably, they are quite tired. They did just end a war. That is true. You know, I'm pretty sure they all thought they were going to die. They didn't account for possible insults after the fact.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, they were all still under the impression that the only way to solve the problem was to kill Ozai.
1: You know, with how everyone feels about killing Ozai, I'm surprised none of them just went, yeah, yeah, yeah they just killed him it's right just in front of Aang. They finished
0: him off right there, undermining everything Aang just went through.
1: Aang's just like, dude, dude. Because <laughs> they were just so. They were all for the killing of Ozai. And to see them all just be like, ah, good on you, Aang, for figuring out another way, it's like, it's like uh, that is not the attitude you had a couple episodes ago.
0: But then that leads us into the reunions for the episode. We see Mei and Zuko get back together. We see Sokka and Katara meet back up with their dad. Ty Lee and the Kyoshi Warriors joining together. Suki gets to join back with the Kyoshi Warriors. It was just a nice little moment between our characters before Zuko gives his big speech.
1: Yeah, I agree. And honestly... Didn't feel like a final episode. It felt like that little epilogue that's after the final episode. Uh-huh. That's what this last little bit feels like. And I think it's pretty good.
0: What did you think about Ty Lee joining in with the Kyoshi Warriors?
1: I thought it was kind of funny. Because you know that's going
0: to cause Sokka some grief. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She still has kind of a crush on him, I guess. Yeah,
1: I, I think so. So that- that's going to be funny. Because they all kind of look similar with all that makeup on. Oh, no. So maybe you think, like, is uh, Ty Lee going to try something? Is Suki cool with that? <laughs> but, you know, good, good for uh, Ty Lee finding something
0: different in life to keep her occupied. Did you catch the line where Ty Lee said she was going to teach them chi-blocking? Uh, yeah, I caught it as
1: as she already taught them chi-blocking.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. While they were in prison.
1: Yep which uh, made the most sense to me.
0: And then we have the crowning of Fire Lord Zuko and his speech to bring peace and love back into the world, saying that they have a lot of work ahead of them. I really
1: liked the moment where he said, and to start off this world of peace and love, we will host our first annual Woodstock. (laughs) We got the Ember Island players as the main line of events.
0: Uncle Iroh on the Sungi horn.
1: I can't think of any other musicians in Avatar.
0: It's going to be a pitiful Woodstock. Pitiful Woodstock. Then we fade to Zuko going to see his father in prison. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the scene you said you had seen before, right? Yes. With Zuko yeah. asking about his mother.
1: Yeah, this is the scene, I guess I always thought it was the final scene, I was mistaken, but it was very close. Right. Yep, this scene is still how I remembered it.
0: I really liked how Zuko made the point to tell his father that the banishment was the best thing he could have ever done for him. Yeah. And kind of offering the same thing to Ozai, saying, I hope your time in here will be good for you. Because... I mean, there's nowhere to go but up for Ozai. Either he stays hard-headed and literally rots in prison, or he's got to come to some sort of terms with where the world is going now. I I don't know that we ever get that answer of how Ozai feels going forward, but, I mean, is he just in prison for life?
1: I mean, I think so. You know, I think it's fair. If you try to take over the world through nefarious means, you get... Sentenced to life in prison. I think that's only fair. Clearly, the punishment is not the death penalty in this scenario. So, life in prison, I think is a fair uh, consideration after that.
0: Yeah, most likely. I just don't see what else you'd do with him.
1: Yeah, really nothing. Maybe ask him his advice on like evil things, like he's Hannibal Lecter or whatever. Whenever Ang confronts the next villain in Avatar, he has to go consult him. Like, this guy is somehow worse than you.
0: I need to know how he thinks. Tell me, how how do I catch him? Real quick, though, I do want to touch on the situation with Zuko's mother. Tell me what you know from the show about what happened to her, and where you think she might be, if anywhere.
1: Um, she did something to keep Zuko from being killed,
0: and then left in the night that's it okay that's all i know all right and as a reminder ozai did tell zuko that she did treasonous things that night and she was banished for it but that's all the information from the show that we have but do you think it's safe to say that she's alive
1: i mean i can't think of any reason why not So I hope so. Yeah. Because that would be pretty sad to find out she isn't...
0: To be fair, it is kind of hard to make a story about a dead person.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: And then our show closes with Team Avatar and Iroh and May all just hanging out in Boston, say, in what looked like Iroh's new tea shop, maybe?
1: I think they were in the old house they stayed in at Bossing say Could have been. Because I know at one point they were there in the finale. Either that or they could have been in the, in the tea shop.
0: Yeah. I just really liked seeing them all almost like relaxed for the first time in the show. I mean, we've seen them have some fun here and there, but it was like literally the weight of the world was off their shoulders for the first time since the show began. And they were just having fun. And we see Aang at peace, steps outside to just take it all in, and Katara follows him outside, and the show closes with Katara kissing Aang and solidifying their relationship. Finally! Oh my god! It happened!
1: It's 61 episodes. And pointless plot lines. I gotta save the whole world, defeat the (laughs) Ozaias. Yeah,
0: Yeah, we could have just skipped all that.
1: The main story was, does Ang get the girl? And he does. This show could have been ten episodes. (laughs) (laughs) If it focused on the story that everyone was wanting. But no, I, I really liked it. It was a very good final scene
0: beautiful shot too like just in terms of the artwork and the colors the way that sunset and the lighting was hitting everything Mm -hmm. it was just
1: gorgeous it was it was done very well
0: that's it that's avatar the last airbender yep give me your overall thoughts on the whole show Michael like how it lived up to the hype or not or just your favorite things about it what makes this show what it is? Just just round it all up for me for this experience for you.
1: Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it utilized its runtime very well in the like beginning, middle, and end of each episode, each season, whatnot. I think it lived up to the hype overall. I wouldn't really say there was anything about it that I did not enjoy. So I think it was a pretty good success of a show. Those are my overall thoughts on Avatar.
0: Congratulations, Michael. You are on the same page with the rest of the world now. Yay! Yay! What do you think was the high point for you over season one, two, and three? Like, where was the show at its peak?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I like the dynamic of season two. Where the gang now has Toph, but now they have a new villain in Azula, and also an occasional villain in Zuko, who's at that point back and forth on actually like capturing the Avatar. So I think maybe season two would be like a highlight. I can't really pick a specific point.
0: Yeah, I I'm kind of in the same boat with you. The what's sticking out to me right now is season two, particularly the library on through the rest of season two. Everything about them losing Appa, I think just brought some interesting storytelling opportunities to the rest of the show. Just going off of this rewatch, that's what's standing out in my head right now is the high point for me.
1: I I think that's that's a good example. Maybe my high point would be Zuko alone.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: If, if I had to pick a high point, it would probably be that point of the show. Because that's pretty close to halfway.
0: And it's halfway for Zuko's character arc as well.
1: Yeah. Sometimes when you look at a show, the halfway point is always a really mm. good, interesting part. Especially when it's a show that's utilizing... That kind of knows where it wants to end. So they know, say, okay, by the middle of the story, we kind of have a big climax. And like the rest of the show is kind of like a falling action Mm -hmm. from that.
0: All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us on this episode and the series of Avatar The Last Airbender. Thank you so much for joining us through this journey. If you've liked our discussions on this episode or past episodes, please tell a friend. Now's the time to send the entire podcast out to anyone you can think who might enjoy it. Leave us a review. Anything you can do like that to help out the podcast would be much appreciated. And thank you so much again for listening. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Alright, Michael. Should we tell the people what we're going to be recording next? I would if I had any idea. Well, Michael, we're not going to be jumping straight to The Legend of Korra, but we're also not going to be doing every single comic book between the two shows. But I do want to do the two most relevant before we get to Korra, and that's going to be The Promise and then The Search. Alright. For The Promise, I'll give you the overview, Michael. Picking up exactly where Avatar, the last airbender, left off, the promise takes Aang to a Fire Nation colony in the heart of the Earth Nation, where tensions between neighbors threaten to shatter the world's newfound peace, putting the Avatar on a collision course with one of his closest friends, Fire Lord Zuko. So, it's mostly about trying to reset the world back to pre-war status and them basically finding out that it's not as simple as they thought it was going to be to do that because there's so many complications left over from a war let alone a hundred-year war i have to imagine so and as a point of clarification we will be doing all three parts of the promise in one recording it's going to be
1: exciting be a little different
0: it will be. I don't know exactly how to go over something like a graphic novel because we've never done this before, but it shouldn't be too much different. However, you probably will have to wait a little while before those episodes come out. We're going to be taking just a little bit of time to reset and take a bit of a break. And I I want to address a situation where we have been a mostly two-week podcast now, and I think we're going to stick with that going forward. It just gives me and Michael, who have very busy schedules, time to edit. It's a smoother process for us, but we will have a couple of bonus episodes coming out between now and when we get to the comic books. So don't worry. We're not going to go anywhere for too long. We'll be back before you know it. But that's it. That's The Last Airbender. That's where we're going from here. And I can't wait to get into it with you, Michael. I cannot wait either. So thank you again so much for listening. And join us next time for our discussion of The Promise.